Microphone check, one, two, what is this? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the AO Podcast. Yours truly, AO. Find me at AO the King everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, all of the above. Hope everybody's been doing well since the last time we spoke. Shouts to Kayvon, shouts to Trav for being the last two guests on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I'm with family once again. I am in the humble abode of the good brother, Mr. Heistbox himself, B. Keys. What's good, What man? up, y'all? What's going on? It's uh, it's good to be back in this in this seat. Yeah, man. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny you say, um, you know, you were shouting out Kayvon and Trav, and I was um, unknowingly a part of that podcast as well. I was just like chilling in the corner though. I'd yeah, say. I tried to keep it low. I didn't want to put you on blast to the end, and at the end, I'm like, yeah, shouts to BK, I peace. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, That's man, cool. what's going on with you? Not much, man. I'm just here. I'm happy to finally have you come to my new crib. So. That's a fact. This, this is the first time I got a chance to come through. Yeah. This, this is, is comfy a, and cozy. I like it. Yeah, I try to make a, a nice welcoming experience for yeah. you. And um, yeah, I've just been chilling, man. Just trying to keep it keep it moving, keep the operation going. You're dropping a lot of records this year. Yeah, man. That's the plan. I um, I got I got one coming um what tomorrow mm-hmm. yeah it was mm-hmm. like tuesday so tomorrow mm-hmm. yeah and i already dropped two already one in um pretty much one each month um and yeah i'm gonna try to keep that train going for uh as long as people will tolerate it until they uh, <laughs> demand more so. i know the demand for the light was pretty high because like you were touring with that song for quite some time as a teaser yeah yeah so um funny story about uh that song um I started working on that song last summer, I believe in uh, in July or August. Um, me and Beans had um, first first uh, session. We got down the first verse, and um, later that night, I wrote the second verse. And shortly after, it got announced that we were going to do Human Condition Part Three. So while we were on that tour, I believe it was. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, um, my manager was telling me like, yo, what about that track you've been working on? Like, I think it'd be good to kind of tease it, kind of let some of these uh, fans hear what's coming up next. So um, I said, yeah, but the song's not done. So what we did was we decided to just do the first verse Mm -hmm. and the hook and just kind of give them a little taste of it. So um, yeah, we did it and uh, the response was great. So as soon as we got off that tour, um, I had planned on releasing it, but as some of you know, there was a crazy curveball that happened, and I went right back on tour literally the next day after that tour was over. So I said, you know what? I'm going to just keep, you know, I'm going to keep playing it. Why stop yeah, now? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so for about three months or so, I was playing that song and just getting people's reactions, seeing what they liked about it, seeing what they didn't like. And then when I got home, I was like, yo, Beans, we got to finish this up. <laughs> we got to like, like... This has to come out now. It has, <laughs> it has to come out. So, yeah, we uh, we finished it up, polished it off, and uh, and there we have it. Yeah, we'll touch on that tour in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the light was a long time coming for that. Transitions, honestly, and I think I tweeted this out, probably my favorite song that you've released so far. Thank you. Like, man. I really, really enjoyed just the, the structure of the song. And then I've I'm, I'm always been a fan of like more narrative driven raps. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Um, and that was perfect. I thought that was a great. Beans killed it. House of Sneaky Beans. He yeah. Killed always, that song. Man, oh, always. 
I appreciate that, man. I'm, um, I grew up in the age of hip hop that I was intrigued by, you know, Nas, you, you gave me power and, yeah. you know, Jay's early records telling stories. And I think the storytelling aspect of hip hop is really what drew me in more than just the music that I thought I liked to dance to or just, you know, was popular. So um, I've always tried to put pride into the stories that I tell, and I feel like my storytelling records are the ones that I can show my skill off the strongest. I think for any MC, your true skill comes in when you have to not only rhyme words, but you have to tell a story chronologically, make it make sense, and make it rhyme. Well, I think we're just talking about like the craft of writing. <clears throat> Like in any other, not just genres of music, but just in writing in general, whether it be for a book, a magazine, or a script for a movie or something, TV show, the point is usually to tell a story. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then a lot of times in music, especially rap in this case, uh, it being so much of a first person thing, you're just telling like, this is what happened yesterday, or you're just bragging and talking shit. Yeah. So it almost is like, I don't want to say a lost art because there's plenty of people that do it, but it's not as much to the forefront as it used to be yeah storytelling no. but always been my favorite my uh my favorite songs to listen to and that shit was dope yeah and i think storytelling is for uh it's for the deeper listener you know yeah. there's a lot of people who music uh may not be their number one priority in their life you know we all have jobs we all have different responsibilities school and um it doesn't let us it doesn't our busy lives don't give us the time sometimes to sit down and just listen yeah. and put a story together yeah. Yeah. you know you might have to listen to it a couple times so a lot of times it's easier to listen to that song that just makes you feel good immediately yeah. so um yeah i um i love storytelling i love you know artists that still do tell stories i i love to hear their perspectives and i love to learn from them you know the artwork on everything including uh, uh babylon which is coming out tomorrow Artwork on everything is top notch. Who you got working on these pieces? Yo, man, there's this kid, man. His name is Kevin. Kevin Hackett. Um, if you want to check him out, um, he's just Kevin Hackett on um, Instagram, and I think on Twitter it's I am Kevin Hackett. And funny story, um, I was about to put out the light, and I was thinking about artwork, and I said, Yo, I, I kind of want to see what's out there and just kind of play the field. So I put a tweet out saying like. If you guys know any dope graphic artists, like tag them so I can like check them out. I got plenty of tags, and funny enough, he popped up maybe three times from three different people. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, let me click on this guy because I've seen, you know, I looked through a bunch of different people, and being that his popped up more than once, I was like, all right, there's a reason for that. And it took me to his Tumblr, and his Tumblr had all these different artworks from the different artists that he's worked with, and I know he has a clothing line and shoots from that and all types of stuff. And I just loved the way his concepts came together. I mm -hmm. loved the way his um, um, the way he used fonts and 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 shapes and colors. And I thought that um, he really took on the sounds of the music and put it in the artwork. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna give this guy a shot, and I'm just gonna you know see what he's talking about. Funny enough. He saw us in Vancouver. No shit. When was yeah. Um, I think it was part three. He couldn't make it oh, out to some real, but yeah, yeah. he saw us on part three. Uh, first thing he did was I told him like, "Yo, I want to work with you, all this stuff, whatever, whatever." And he's like, "Yo, I can't believe this." So I'm like, "I'm like, why? What are you talking about?" And then he just sends me a video no. of me performing <laughs> directly to him. 
standing wow. on the stage. He was like right in the front, and he was like, "Yo, it's so crazy. I never thought like I would be like doing artwork <laughs> with you. Like after seeing you in concert just a That's few months best. ago. That's the best. So uh, we hit it off real well, and." Um, yeah, once he sent me the artwork for the light, I was just like, oh. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. The light had a, um, I think it had two different variations to it. He sent me two different things. Um, and I think the, the final one, it just, the, the other two were good, but it didn't like, it didn't just blow our minds. Right, until right, he right. was like, yo, I got it. I got it. I got it. Just give me like a week. I got it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And he sent me the artwork, and I was like, you got it. You got it. <laughs> so, yeah, he's the man. Kevin Hackett. Shout Kevin Hackett. Yeah, he's, he's a true artist, man. He, yeah. he goes out, and he, um, you know, going back to the light artwork, you know, he does, he does great digital graphics, but he's one of those people that he takes the time to go out. He was like, yo, I got, I, I got this mannequin head, and I got this stool, and I'm going to have it sitting on this thing, and it's going to be dripping. And I was like, yo, I don't know what you're talking about, but <laughs> do you. And he just like, trust me. And sure enough, he, he gets it done, and he goes out and takes pictures and goes back and yeah. puts them in the computer and does all this stuff. So he really cares about it, you know. Yeah. He's not just doing it just to be like, yeah, I did artwork with this person. Right, right, right. It's not for the clout. It's like really no. a piece. Like he's really yeah. enjoying the whole process. He's really enjoying it. And it's great when he loves the music as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my guy. That's dope. So, we're here. AO Podcast, B Keys, everywhere at Heistbox. Now, Heistbox is your uh, Instagram handle now, your Twitter handle now. Yeah, you yeah. had to change pretty much everything. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I think this is great because it's the first time I, I actually be able to explain it uh, full out. So, as everyone knows, I had to change everything, right? Uh, I didn't necessarily have to, but in a way I did. So, this goes back to, um, this actually goes back way back, a couple years. And um, I was trying to establish myself as Black Keys. And, you know... Everywhere I went, every time I tell someone about my music, I say Black Keys, they're like, oh, like the band? Or, oh, you're part of the band? I'm like, no, I'm a rapper, and this and that, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I kept having to explain myself, kept having to explain myself. I think it, re it reached a tipping point when um, I was trying to get in contact with uh, a booking agent or someone who um, can take my career to another place. And first thing they said, they were like, uh, yo, this guy is great. I love his music. I love what he's doing, but I can't fuck with the name. Like, I, there's already, there's already saying, Black Keys. You know, phonetically, there's already Black Keys out there. Right. So, you know, he might have to do something about that. Yeah, only one of the largest rap bands. Yeah, like, <laughs> right, it, of our time, right? <laughs> so, um, I actually knew about this before I started uh, the Human Condition Part 3 tour. Right. So it was kind of funny because that whole tour, in a way, I was like selling everyone a lie because I had to be Black Keys on that tour, although I knew my name was changing. Yeah. So um, that was kind of like a, that was kind of a sad thing, like all these kids being like, oh, Black Keys, I love you and all that stuff. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm not I'm sorry, Black Keys, but uh, that's not me anymore. <laughs> But um, it took some getting used to, you know, just trying to, I had to change everything on streaming services, had to change my music stuff, and, you know, I eventually had to come up with a new Instagram name because it couldn't be Black Keys anymore. Mm -hmm. So I actually 
a couple people noticed this and I saw that they reached out to me, but I went through a couple names. Like my name kept changing on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I just knew from like the tags, like you'd be tagged in a picture that I put up and I'm like, who is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like uh, I already knew what you were doing, but mm-hmm. I wasn't sure like what you would eventually settle on for the handle. Yeah, so the first thing, uh, one of the first things that came to my mind was um, Keezy taught me. Yeah. And, um, you know, that comes from the Kanye skit yeah. on a blame game with Chris Rock or whatever. And I thought that was cool, whatever. Um, didn't really want to be tied to Kanye that closely with my name. Damn sure I don't want to be tied to him Woo. with what's going on now. But um, Wake up, Mr. West. For real. <laughs> so um, I decided on Keezy taught me and then I went to go type it in, but it was already taken. Mm. So I was like, all right. Who has this? So I, I saw it was some girl in, I think, Portland or whatever. And um, I just followed her. And I just kind of looked at her page for a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to reach out to her, send her a DM, and just see, you know, what I can do about, like, you yeah. know, getting the name changed. So I went and I DM'd her and I explained the whole story. And I was like, you know, I'm DMing you. I don't want you to think I'm like, trying to get at you or nothing weird this like is, I'm an artist this is professional this is strictly professional <laughs> and um, I said like is there anything I could do like I'll give you concert tickets for life yeah, like yeah, I'll yeah, send yeah. you merchandise or, like whatever you want to whatever and she was like yo like I respect artists and she's like I want people to be able to pursue what they want to do with their careers and their lives and yo I'll change it for you like just change just check in like five minutes and i'll change it and sure enough she changed it so i grabbed it real quick and then i was like wow i just changed my instagram name yeah. and um you know i still follow her to this day like she's she's awesome for doing that and um i was like wow like that's that was really cool that she did that because she could have been like no i've had this first like she could have not answered back at all oh she could yeah absolutely yeah so the fact that she did that i was like i was really i was really happy about that so um then i was sitting with it and a lot of people were like oh you changed your name keezy taught me like is that your new name now is your new name keezy and what did you teach me and i'm just like (laughs) <laughs> all right this is kind of what did you teach yeah this is kind of getting out of control so i was like you know what <laughs> i need something that will uh tie back around to uh to my brand and right. to what i'm trying to build so right. funny enough um heist box for those who know you know the story of heist box and know uh everything that's behind it heist box was my brother's um handle on twitter and instagram so um, what I had to do was I reached out to my family. Um, I had to talk to them about it. Um, I reached out to his late girlfriend, and um, I just talked it over with everyone, and I just you know made sure that it w- it would be cool with everyone if I were to take on that name. Mm-hmm. And they were more than happy, and they were like, "Yo, you know, you don't ever even have to ask us about that. Like, you know, with your album and what you've been doing with your music, the way you've." spread his story to all these people um you know it's that's never a problem so they uh they had his password and all his stuff so they gave me his password and then um i changed it and then i became Icebox on uh on all social media and it just felt right you yeah. know it's like it's something that i've been pushing i put a whole album out and yeah, it's more than like it's uh, uh Literally, I guess at this point, not only just a meaning, but an actual movement behind it. Yeah. Because of how 
like real the story is and then how real some of those songs impacted people and me yeah. going through something similar so it seemed like a, a, a next step that made sense yeah and more than just a name it became a community right you know it, it especially was, with like the, the keynotes yeah for sure when people heard you know, when people hear the name Spox now there's like a feeling associated with it yeah. but it's not just a name or just a you know a nickname so what was um, called uh word the Box also called right Oh, Word to Heistbox. Yeah, man. Word to Heistbox is great. We still get submissions yeah. from Word to Heistbox. And pretty much what it was is um, it's an outlet for people. You know, um, not everyone wants to go to a counselor. Not everyone wants to talk to their friends. Not everyone wants to talk to, you know, their parents about something mm-hmm. that's going on. So um, on my website, it's still on there. You can submit your story or submit um, a word or something that you want to to release or kind of get out of your system and it's not for it's not for someone to you know speak back or someone to say like this is what you should do or advice it's just for literally a release a release so um i offer that on my website if you just go to bkeys.com on the home page um at the bottom of the page there's a link that says work the box and you can always submit we still read submissions and we still post them regularly. So feel free to, um, you know, to to say your piece. But Word. yeah, that's the whole thing about Heistbox and changing the name. It's crazy. Well, follow that man on Twitter, Instagram at Heistbox. Check out the website if you wanna, you know, make a submission to the word the Heistbox. Yeah, man. So we have uh, a nice experience together. We were talking a little bit earlier about tour and. Yeah. At the end of part three, you got a call from the good folks uh, of Camp Sunreal. Yeah, I, I mean, before part three even ended, we had two shows in Orlando at the House of Blues. And after the first show, as soon as I got off stage, I was there with my manager and he's like, yo, I gotta, I gotta talk to you. I was like, <laughs> what happened? Like, shouts to Al. Yeah, I'm like, yo, did I fuck up on stage? Like, what did <laughs> I do? Because it was right after I stepped off stage, still like pouring sweat. Yo, and for anybody that knows Al, and we will talk about it because we spent a lot of time together. Oh, Al yeah. is an, he's a strong personality. He's, he's an enigma. <laughs> he, he is an interesting character. So I know when he came up, he's like, yo, dog. He's like, yo, dog. We gotta talk. Yo, yo, yo we gotta talk. Yo. Yo, shit's hitting the tipping point. I'm like, yo, what are, <laughs> what are you, you talking about? about? So he's like, mind you, yeah, mind you. <laughs> he says that shit a lot. So um, I uh, he told me that um, the camp over at Sunreal were going on tour for the One Long Dream tour, and they wanted me to come on tour with them. And I was all for. I was like, oh yeah, it's, that's great. Like I love to. I was like. When does it start? He's like, in three days. I was like, but we still got two more days of tour left. It's like I know. He's like I know. <laughs> so it was uh, it was time to scramble, like straight up. We had to figure out a lot of stuff in a little bit of time. Um, so by the time we got to our last show on that on the um, human condition was on Boston. And um, by the time we got to Boston, we pretty much had it figured out. We had transportation figured out, flights figured out. Um, AO right here was DJing for me. And um, it's really crazy how it all came together like that. I, 
when I decided I was going to do it, it was one of those things that it was like, yo, we're going to do this. We don't know how this is going to work. I'm going to know how it's going to come together, but it, it did. We're going to do it. Yeah. We're going to do it. It's, it's ill. Like the power of necessity will elevate your game so far. Yeah. You know, like, like, I don't, I'm not, it's just like you said, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I know that we have to make it through this tour. We have to even start the tour. Yeah. We have like, what are we gonna do? We, we had to figure out how we were gonna get to the show. Like, it wasn't like the show was starting. In, the tour yeah, was starting. This in Boston. wasn't New York. No, it wasn't even in Boston. It wasn't it was, in New York. This it was, was on uh, the West Coast. Yeah, it was on the West Coast. It was in Seattle. 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 Yep. Seattle. Yeah. I was. I, I, I was at some bar when you called me. Mm -hmm. Just on a random one. A, a friend of mine. Their car. Uh, had just kind of gone and they were the car was in the shop so I went to pick the friend up and they're like yo while we're out here let's get a couple of drinks or whatever so you hit me on the phone it was like I, no I just got mad text from you and Al separately it wasn't yeah. even a group joint you're like yo we need to talk I'm like, and then you was like yo are you free I'm like yo what's good you're like oh this is urgent <laughs> this is urgent I'm like yo I'll be I'm, I'm cool what's up and then it was like yo we're going on tour we want to see if you could DJ I'm like I'll let you know for sure, like by tomorrow, like early or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I definitely want to go. It sounds dope, but I just gotta, you know, make sure that whatever affairs I had in order, I'd take care of or whatever. Yeah. And but that experience was fun as hell. Like we took, uh, what was it, two flights, two uh, a connecting flight out, made it to Seattle. Yeah. We connected in what L.A. Yep. Was it? Yeah. It was yeah. LA. So to L.A. and then flew on some rinky dink ass small. Oh man. That it you was, felt every cloud. On there you. were like maybe fifteen people on that flight. It was absolutely petrifying. I, honest to God, had probably one of the. I think my only panic attack in life. I had a panic attack on, on that flight on the plane. Like I was sitting, I was like sweating and shivering. Like for that duration of that flight, I was sitting there. I had the air on to turn the air off, turn the back on, turn the back oh, off. Man. I was sitting there. It was I couldn't control it. I was just sitting there, like trying to like. Yeah, that was, was crazy. Rough. That, that was, was a rough, rough flight. flight. But uh, rough yeah, flight. we finally landed. We caught up with uh with with Sunrail's whole team, which sidebar some of the, just the most beautiful people, man. I, I enjoyed that entire tour because Yo. they made it enjoyable. Yeah, man. Those are our brothers yeah. for life. Yo, no matter what. No matter what direction our careers go in or our lives go in, they will always be a phone call away on either end. Them, you know, calling us or us calling them. Like, those are some of the most genuine, down-to-earth, like, just awesome people. And they're, it's sad to say, but everybody's not like that in this industry. Most. A, a lot of people, yeah, most are very cutthroat and it's... What can I get from you without giving much of yeah. what I have to offer? Yeah. And those guys, they, they cut corners. They went around, you know, and just did whatever it took to make sure we were as comfortable as possible. Yeah, and it, it was really literally made, like them inviting us into their home, so to speak. Yeah. You know, they were on the road. It was their tour. They said, yo, we're, do you have a good relationship? Or you guys had a good relationship from doing tours with John. And you had a great rapport. So it was like, yo, let's, let's bring the homies on. And they were more than accommodating. It yeah. wasn't like, yo, this is our locker room or our uh, our dressing room and yours. They're like, if you want to come in, chill, yeah. whatever you want, it's, yeah. you know, it's, if it's ours, it's yours. And uh, they were cool. I can't say enough uh, good about those. Yeah, those and it guys. was it was a crazy experience because this was my first time touring as a solo artist, separate from Beautiful Mind. I had never been on a tour with another artist, right. and you know, all the resources of 
tour manager and you know merch guy mm-hmm. and lighting guy and sound guy you know i didn't have them resources those resources anymore so um the fact that they like stretch their resources to help us to you know make sure that we had everything we needed you know they will always deserve the utmost praise you that's know fact from me and everybody that you know i was on the tour with that's a fact so yeah so we flew uh uh into la and then out of la into seattle and then we had to figure out what the hell we were doing on stage it's funny we didn't even realize we were performing until we were at the venue because <laughs> The whole time, the past two days, it was about how are we going to get there? We need to rent, you know, uh, um, need to rent transportation. We need to figure out where we're sleeping, you know, where we're sleeping, like what we're doing, uh, you know. So we never, and me and A have never played together. Ever. We never, Ever. we've been on tour together, but we ne- he never DJed with me. So like you were with Mylon all the time. Yeah, I was always right. with Mylon. So we didn't have any kind of chemistry on stage. We had to figure it out. So... And we got to the venue. Uh, Not late. even that. We were in the airport, still like in between flights, still figuring the track list. Out. Oh yeah, true, true. Yeah, I remember that because I Cause you were still I, sending uh, files. I was over. sending you files yeah. in the airport. Yep, yep. And we get to the venue, and um, it was uh, what it was. I think we missed the first show of the tour because yeah. it was just the same day as, yeah, as our it last show. Out, yeah. So we got there for the second day, and. Um, yeah, we decided on the track list, and we kind of just went out there and just and just was like, fuck it. Like, let's just see what happens. And it went surprisingly better than yeah. I ever would have expected. That was fun. It makes it easy when it's fun, you know? Yeah, And yeah. I had a ball up there. I think, like, we worked all of the kinks out within the first three shows, let's say. Yeah. Like, the first one, the first one was what it was. We just like, yo, let's get through it. Yeah. And it got through it. It went well. Second one is like, all right, we got a couple ideas. We didn't have a day. The next day off, we were uh, in Vancouver, weren't we? Yeah, because the very next show. No. Yeah, the very next day, we had a show in Vancouver. So then we had a day off in Vancouver. Yeah. Right. So that, that day off in Vancouver, we uh, we brought the equipment up to the hotel yep. and then just ran through everything. Like, all right, this would sound dope here. This transition would work here. Yep. And then from that point through the rest of the tour, that was for the most part the set yeah like we would maybe take a song out or add a song in or something like that but that was the set yeah that, that was it and um yeah that day was crucial in vancouver that the, what were we the days in yeah yeah the days in on uh i'd be a beast if i can remember the street we were on i remember there was a beast ass food spot across, across the, street. the street right yeah that place was good yeah but um yeah we just posted up we brought the turntables inside what we did we hooked it up to a bluetooth speaker yeah, and Bluetooth speaker and moved the, one of the dressers out, put that on top of yep. that. And, and just went over it, went over the cues yep. and just, you know, figured out when we went to transition, scratching and all types of stuff. And um, it, it, it really came together after that. After that, we started to, like, build some confidence. Exactly. Like, all right, we got this. Yeah, and it's now, like you can have, like, some of the best, like, pure shooters that may have an off night until they hit their first couple of free throws. Yep, that's and exactly what it was. Yep. Exactly what it was. And um, yeah, that was an experience, man. I I never want to trade that for anything. I learned so. All of us learned so much. We learned how to um, how to delegate jobs for later on when there is a team for lighting. Exactly. There is an audio yeah. team. There yeah, is because Al at certain points. Al was merch. Yo, Al, Al was lights. Al was MVP. Al like, was was doing a he lot. He was doing a lot. He was he was 
tour managing. He was driving. He was doing merch. He was doing lights. Now let Al tell it. Al drove the entire tour. Yeah, he right. Didn't drive. <laughs> he didn't drive the entire tour. Yeah, man. I mean, look, man. Al lives in a world of his own, <laughs> and we're just Make characters him say. in it. Make you know? him say. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe you need to get him on the uh, on this podcast. Yo, we honestly have. I have an uh, an unreleased Al episode. Oh, do you? That we were on the phone for two hours. I'm like, bro, we have to do this again. Oh, wow. Because, like, then we started, it was all kind of, like, shit that you're not supposed to air. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right. Like, it was just recording. But, yeah, I got a good two-hour Al episode. Yeah, yeah, I got Well, I'm sure there's some good stuff in there. I have to go through it, but I got to get Al on. Yeah, but, yeah, man. It was was a uh, life-changing experience, for sure. I I learned so much. And just from the artistic standpoint, this was the first time I was performing in front of a crowd that was completely... Well, I performed earlier in my career in front of crowds that didn't know me but once I started touring with Beautiful Mind um, the crowds were more familiar because of the collaborations with Trav and John and mm-hmm. Mylon you know so they kind of knew who I was so I would come out to warm receptions but on this Sun Real tour a lot of times I would come out to the cold crowd it's like yo you gotta win them over and like sure enough one. sure enough we won them over yep. by the end of every performance the walk off was was applause yeah. was, was cheers was it, it felt great to know that I still I had a little bit of that in me to be able to win a crowd over and that I could actually get better cause that's know? intimidating to a lot of people I guess like when you get like you were saying into a rhythm where you know you're touring with a fan base that's familiar with you or they know you know some songs and then you go to a completely different situation and there's nobody singing along with you because they yeah. don't know the words of the songs yeah. or there's people that don't know who you are so they're looking at you just like another person that they're standing next to yeah you just happen to be on stage yeah and then when you really uh get into the set and the first song is done like all right that was dope and by the time you get to the second or third they're rocking with yeah, you yeah man you know that's 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 fun it's a good challenge you it know is. and it, it it does nothing but sharpen your skill because you take that and then when you add in, you know, future shows where people are familiar and do know you now, but you know how to win them over even if you did. So, you yeah. know, like the little tricks of the trade. Yeah. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah, I learned, I learned a lot, man. And, and those are valuable skills that I'm going to keep with me throughout the rest of my career. And for any artist, man, if honestly, there's nothing to be afraid of. Like they're just people. Yeah. Nobody's throwing tomatoes. Nobody's like screaming at you unless you're at the Apollo. That's their job to yeah. like try to either boo you off. Yeah, and or, even that's know. done up. Like you and go even, into that environment expecting that it yeah, can happen. So yeah. Whatever. So and people are not like that. People in the real world, they're not looking to destroy somebody because they know you're out there trying to do, you know, pursue your dreams just like they would want someone to support them pursuing theirs. And then the other part of it is, like, these are people that spent their money to come outside to have a good time. Like, if they look, it's, it's a bonus on top of the, the headliner, so to speak. They came out to see Sun Rail, but it's a bonus to enjoy the other artists and acts that are performing there. They're not going to try to sabotage that shit. Like, no. if it's good and they're really rocking with it, you go out, you, you know, do your thing. They're going to appreciate it even more because that adds value to the money that they spent. Yeah. Now, there is, a, there is a situation that I think we have to touch on. Which one would this be? Atlanta, Georgia. At, yes. Yes. That was pump. Yeah, man. Um, so, those... Uh, that was rough. A lot of people don't know this, but I will forever be tied 
to an artist by the name of Little Pump. And here's what happened. <laughs> uh, we ended up doing a show um, at the same venue due to the fact that the promoter who was promoting Little Pump's show was also promoting Sun Real show on that tour. They were in the same venue, but this venue had different rooms. So what this promoter did is he promoted them, he promoted both shows together. So when people were buying Little Pump tickets, they were getting Little Pump, but it also said Sun Real on it. So when they would buy tickets for Sun Real, they thought they were getting Little Pump as well. And it didn't work like that. <laughs> so once the Little Pump tickets sold out, everyone bought the Sun Real tickets. So the days leading up to the show, Sunreal is like, yo, man, I've never done a show in Atlanta, but these tickets are flying. Like, this is great. So we're like, oh, man, this is great. Got it's bumped be... up to another side. Yeah, room. got bumped up to a bigger room as well. We're like, oh, this is, this is awesome. And we get there, and as, what, sound check is unraveling, we realize what's happening. So here's what it was. Like, I was talking to... There was a security guard that was standing um, between, like, basically the stage and the backstage area. He was, like, kind of standing off to the side, whatever door was there. So I'm just, you know, chatting shit with him. And he starts to talk about how a lot of times, because there's multiple shows, there were three size rooms. There's, you know, big, mid, uh, medium, and a small room. He said because there's three size rooms and a lot of times there's shows going on in all three rooms at the same time, there are fans that... If one show is sold out, they know that if they buy a ticket to another show, to another room, they might have a better chance of getting into the room even though it's sold out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they honor it, sometimes they don't. It depends. Then this shit just clicked into my mind. I'm like, that's what the fuck happened. Yep. So knowing that, and then looking at some of the, the fans that were waiting, like, there's no way there's a Sunreal and B-Keys fans. Like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> That you, like, you don't yeah. meet, the, meet the description of the sun No room. way. And it's like, I know... Those were little pumped yes, things. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and sure enough, they came in and they packed in the room that we were in. I mean, once they couldn't honor their tickets, I guess some of them thought, like, fuck it. Like, we might as well. We're already here. We're we spent here. money. Yeah. We spent money. We might as well just see what it's about. So, me opening the show... Well, actually, A was the first line of defense because he had to intro me. I had to go out. We, we did a quick... Uh, a quick little huddle before we went on and just said, yo, there's nothing that we can do about it. We don't know what to expect. Like, there are some people that are a little upset about the situation that are that may be in the audience. Don't really expect it to be crazy, but in general, we, we do our thing every night, but let's, like, amp it up to 11. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we did. I went out and I very heavily New York accented my introduction. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just had to yeah, just had to let them know like, you know, this is a different this is a different act, it is a different artist, but you know, we're still gonna bring that same energy that y'all expect. Absolutely. So I came out there and we turned up. We and it was a great that was show. A, that was a flawless it was set. a great set. Um after the show, after my set I went to the merch table, kids lining up wanted to take pictures and all types of stuff and it was like yo man you gained a new fan and you know it was it that's was what really it's about great. and that's the thing is about. like you know, even like with with sun real even though he was the headlining uh act right he's super established in his hometown or his home country of canada yeah he's still an emerging artist uh in the u.s 
he still has to win people over. And yeah. these were people that were coming out to see him. So, like, for us to go out and then win them over, that's what it's about. That's what you really have to do. Like, you're going to continuously be uh, attempting to win over new fans for the rest of your career. This is to artists in general. Yeah. For the remainder of your career, no matter what level you're on or level you perceive yourself to be on, you're going to have to really win uh, new fans and new people over and still, um, you know, really service the people that are fans and do consider yeah. themselves to be fans. You just it's just for the rest of your career that's yep. what you have to do yeah and yeah man I was, uh, that was a real proud moment I think for the whole yeah. squad for us that and was, for the Sun squad that was a win that yeah, was a win because we like, same thing with them like you know they didn't really know what to expect either mm -hmm. you know and you know it's it's again like it's super it's very comfortable when you're with uh, a fan base that you know knows your shit yeah but then when you don't know what to expect man and you go out and, and really win them over that's even that's a sweeter victory. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. That was fun. There were a lot of good moments uh, on that tour. The the Grey Cup was oh, man. was Yo, amazing. The Canadian Super Bowl. I experienced the greatest Canadian <laughs> event. Spectacle is great. <laughs> spectacle is the word. I went. Well, we all went to the Grey Cup because Sunreal was doing. Um, he opened the the Grey Cup. He did what? Two songs? Two three songs? Yeah. And yeah, um, he opened it up like yeah, three songs, three songs, yeah. and nationally televised, nationally televised, fireworks, pyro, cheerleaders, dance. Yo, it was it <laughs> the was the instruments wild. in the snow. It was snowing so hard. I've never seen snow sideways. We always exactly. It was snowing at us. It was snowing at us. Yeah. It was so cold. Oh, by halftime, after halftime, we went inside. Oh yeah, it was over. It, it, yeah, it was no. insane. There was no way. There was no way. And it um, was twenty degrees. It was it heavily. Had be, it had to be colder than that. I think. Well, it, I mean, it was windy though, so yeah. it might have been wind chill. Yeah. Like I think the actual temperature itself was probably around like twenty or so, but then it's windy and it's blowing the snow, and then the snow is basically water. So now we're wet. Yeah. You know, we like yo. We're just gonna pound a couple of beers, try to stay as warm as possible, keep moving. Yeah. We didn't want to sit down. Yeah. But then there were people like behind us. I remember you had the beautiful mind jacket on. Oh, and yeah. we were still standing up and somebody hey beautiful mind sit down yeah, yeah. <laughs> they serious about their football yeah. out there man um yeah Shania Twain was in the house we snuck yeah yo, we snuck onto the field Shania to see Twain. Shania Twain Shania Twain came out onto the field via a dog sled <laughs> yo no lies via a dog sled did her performance killed it and then drove off in a Porsche. That's if that's not the most baller I, shit. I, what you can't describe it better than what it was. It, like, it, yeah, she, it she is. She came out on a dog sled. She performed. She left on a Porsche. Got the bag. And <laughs> probably sure. just went home. And then went home. She probably said, "All right, this is that was fun." She probably went home and then watched it on TV. Watched herself like, "Oh, <laughs> that was cool." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, was, you know what's funny? Fun fact. Um, I was in the televised. Uh, yeah, I was on. I was jacket. on TV with yeah. the with my beautiful mind jacket. If you go to was it TSN? TSN. If yep. you go to TSN's Instagram yeah. and go to the post with Shania Twain, if you click on it and watch it, you'll see me jumping up and down in the bottom right corner <laughs> with a big blue beautiful mind jacket on. Yep. TSN is like the Canadian ESPN. Yeah, I made Sports Center that night. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it was that crazy. Was, that was dope. Yo, Canada in general, I love, 
I'm Canadian. Fuck it. Yo. Canada in general, Can- I love it. I had yeah. a lot of Nando's up there, a lot of Tim Hortons coffee. I haven't had coffee in two weeks. Really? Yeah. That's unbelievable. Haven't had coffee. Congratulations. Yeah. Haven't had a caffeinated beverage in two weeks. Wow. No five hours, no coffee, no nothing. Wow. It was good. I, did, I had withdrawals like maybe the first day or two afterwards, and then I was cool. What a coffee! What a coffee withdrawals! Like, Drug like, withdrawals. I was sweating. I had <laughs> headaches. Like shaking in your bed. Like. I was in the field on the floor. Nah, I was just uh, you know, brain fog and headaches and yeah, just kind of being yeah. fuzzy. It honestly wasn't as bad as I thought. Like I, I thought I was gonna be like sweating, body aches, and like flu kind of shit. But yeah, yeah. Like Keys yeah. knows. Keys has been on the road with me a couple of times. There's more often than not a full coffee cup Look, in my man. hand. Man. This man was waking up at the crack of dawn <laughs> to find the nearest cup of joe. <laughs> it didn't matter where it came from. That's a fact. The nearest cup. But I mean, hey man, you gotta have it, you gotta have it. <laughs> but yeah, but uh that tour was that was a, a great experience altogether. Yeah, man. That was that was fun. I you know, thank you then, but thank you now for keeping a brother in mind. Look, man, I thank you for, for coming, man, because I'm we would have been lost like we wouldn't have known what to do we didn't know who to call like you know the fact that you pulled through in the clutch like that like i i couldn't believe i still can't believe it and i still can't believe it went as well as it did you know yeah Yeah. i mean there were really no major nah nah nah. we didn't miss no shows we didn't miss no performances like we we did everything the way you know the way it was supposed to go and Finished up. We made it safe on off the road. Yeah, man. Like, there was some ten hour, twelve hour trips in there. Back to back. Yeah. Ten hour drive, pull up to the venue, do the show. Pack up. Pack up, sleep for like three hours. Yeah. Another eleven hour drive. Yep. It was wild, but yeah, man, we, we made it through. We made it through. Yeah, that was fun. So shouts to to the whole the whole Sunreal team. Yeah, and you know, man. he's he's continuing to to grow his brand and really, you know, put himself out there and put some great music together. So, yeah. what's best friend is out right now, right? Um, Grammy song, Grammy song, Grammy song. Yeah. They just put the video out. Yeah, yeah. Grammy song. Yeah, yeah. And there's gonna be more. Um, me and Summerill got some got some stuff in the works. So, keep keep y'all's eyes peeled for that. There's gonna be some cool stuff, you know. So, it's uh, we got more to do. That's fire. Now I sent a tweet out. Uh, you know, that like we were sitting here recording this podcast and a few people hit me with some questions. So, uh, let's see. Shouts to Beautifully Issa. Beautifully Issa. Oh, okay. She said, uh, what's something or an accommodation that you need to create a right? Hmm, an accommodation that I need to create? Um, I think I just need space. Whoa, wait, before I even get into this question, um, Twitter's going to blow up because of this. I want to shout out the Tomato Goblin Society. If you got, if you guys are a part of the society, just let everyone else know what it's about. Um, I don't think it's my due diligence to explain it, <laughs> but there's a tomato, and a lot of people's uh, display names on Twitter, and there's a reason for it. So I need you guys to explain it. But anyway, um, shout out to them, and uh, she's part of the she's part of the clique, and. What I need to uh, to get in the creative space, all I need really is I need to be relaxed. Um, you know, I think relaxation is important for any creative field, whether that be writing, you know, producing, 
painting, drawing, anything, sculpting, you have to be relaxed. Um, relaxation, isolation, um, and uh, concentration, honestly. That's really it. I think when you compare those three together in a good environment, then um, the best, you know, the best will come out of it. And, and you kind of have to have an attitude of, 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 uh, of carelessness. Not so much of I don't care what I write, but more of like just letting your mind be free and kind of seeing what happens. Yeah, not, not overthinking what you Yeah, write. you can't overthink it. Because when you start overthinking, you start second guessing and then think ideas that are actually dope. You start to be like, maybe it's not. And, you know, we're our biggest critics. So we're the first ones to, mm -hmm. to convince ourselves that something's not good. So, yeah. Um... Shouts to Jess XK. How many how many questions we got in? So she sent two questions in. Are you dropping an album soon? She also sends well wishes. Hope you're both doing well. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm doing well. I got some got some good water here. You know what it is? She actually asked what your creative process was like as well. Okay. Um, and does it take a lot of time to to make your music? Does it flow easy? But her first question was um are you dropping an album soon how many songs are you planning on dropping before okay um hmm to be honest with you um yes the answer is yes but the answer is also no and the answer is yes because eventually an album will come um the answer is no is because right now i'm um i have i have a lot of music that i'm sitting on and i want to build up some momentum you know i want to create a big snowball and when it's time for the, al the album to come i want to push the snowball down the mountain you know and just create an avalanche so um that's what i'm doing with these songs and what i can tell you is that each song that i release will be completely different from the last and i want to create more variety in my catalog and i want to broaden my horizons and find ways for more people to connect to me that maybe weren't fans before or fans that love me for a specific song I can give them a chance to love me for for a different you know a new sound that I can offer so um, so right now I'm keep putting out songs and don't worry you know an album will come and songs will come very frequently that you won't feel like you're missing out on anything or that you miss me because it'll all come in line and it'll all be uh it'll all be in good timing you know um and then she was you know what is your creative process like touching that a little bit um does it take a lot of time when you're making music or does it flow easy it really depends there really i think you can attest to that there's really no you can't say like eh, it takes 20 minutes because right. sometimes it does take 20 minutes and then sometimes, sometimes it, it takes, takes 20, 20 days yeah, yeah 20 days for sure um, yeah, some of these songs that I've been working on, I've been working on for, like, for instance, Transitions just came out last month. I had been working on Transitions since, what, maybe February of 2017? Mm. You know, so it's like, that, you know, that took a while, but Babylon, I just finished before I left on tour, you know, so it's like, some songs are quickly done. Some songs are, you know, take a little bit more time. So you just got to let the process be what it is and you cannot rush it. That's the last thing you want to do because 
rushed work is never good work, you know. Um, so you want to take your time with it, and you want to just make sure you're making the best music that you can, or that you feel that you can. And if you're happy with it, then you know, put the stamp on it and and let it be what it is. Shouts to to Chloe at Bellion Love, also part of the society. Yeah, I see those tomatoes. <laughs> uh, what is the proudest moment of your lives so far? That was actually for both. I can't answer that question. I have no idea. Of my life or of your oh yeah life of your lives. Proudest oh. moment of your life. Jeez, that's heavy. That's, that's that's super heavy. That is really. Uh, I don't know if I can. Uh, I don't know if I can say. I, I don't know if I can rank them, but I'll say like a recent one. Um, what are we? This is twenty eighteen. So uh, basically, when a lot of you know that I managed Trav, right? So basically, when we were finalizing the deal for his publishing contract with Universal. Like for a while, I knew that I was going to, to quit my day job, not necessarily because of the contract, but that also gives like, all right, there's a little bit of a, a lily pad, let's say. Yeah. Um, but like actually putting my two weeks in mm-hmm. was kind of scary and like a prideful moment at the same time. But it really is just more so in the macro of like, all right, cool. I know that, I, you know, it doesn't mean it's any easier. It's actually a lot harder, but I'm able to literally live off of something that I've been doing since I don't know a teenager yeah you know to really like as uh, a person that really loves making music or just working with people that make music and helping them push their stuff forward whatever it is I do a lot of shit <laughs> but uh, being able to to say alright cool I can make a a decision that I'm, I'm comfortable enough at this point that I know I can take that leap and not feel stupid for it. Yeah, that was a a, a big moment for me. So I don't know where that ranks in life. I've had a lot of prideful, proud moments, but that was a that was a big one. Yeah, yeah, that that is, and that's huge. Yeah, that is huge. Um, damn, for me, um, I think in in a there's two things and they're kind of related. I, I don't like you said. I don't think I can rank them number one and number two. I think they're part of some of the biggest moments yeah. of my life. And I think releasing Heistbox was a huge moment. And not just because it affected my life, it was my family. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was crazy that, uh, you know, the situation happened and uh, my brother, he committed suicide. And, you know, my family, they got to go to work the next day. You know, they're visibly distraught. They're not themselves and their employers, their um, co-workers, everybody's asking them, what's wrong, what's going on, and you know, they're not touching on it, they don't know how to talk about it, they don't know how to, you know, even touch on the subject, but then you have me, who just decides to put it out there for the entire world, right. and now it's not in their hands anymore, now it's just out, and um, that was a big moment for me to have the courage to open up about that and to talk about it. And it was big for them because they finally felt like hearing my perspective gave them a way to approach it and gave them the courage to be like, you know what, it's okay to talk about talk it. About it. Yeah. If he can put this out there for people who don't even know him, I could talk about it with my friends and my you know, loved ones who I maybe had a hard time expressing it to. So that was huge. Another one um, 
I think within that bubble is the song Family Matters. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole situation, my mother passing and like me finding her and everything, it was, it was a very, very, very trying moment in my life. And the fact that I had the, the I don't know what you even call it, to like try to reenact that and recreate that and tell the story from her perspective, but still make it digestible you know um i think that was huge for me in my artistry because what's funny is my mom passed in 2014 and since she's passed i've been trying to make that song um i probably made three different versions of that song travis on one of the versions of Mm -hmm. it actually and it just never really hit the right way you know and i realized you know what it's not the right time like i need to get better I need to have a better ear for sounds for you know production for all the stuff and finally when I started writing it I I felt it I said you know what I can do this now you know I finally think I'm ready to do this Um, I'm not writing this off of emotion off of like being upset or being sad I'm writing it strictly off of the fact that I can express myself and I can explain it now so that was huge for me, and um, yeah, those two things were definitely two of the biggest things, two mo- two moments that shaped me and defined me um, as a person and as an artist. So um, yeah, that's that's a hard question though, but those are the two things that first popped in my head. Sure. Shouts to Chloe, belly in love. That was a dope question. Uh, I see you out, man. What's up? We'll talk. All right, so we have a brand new record dropping, Manana. Yeah, man, Babylon. Babylon. Yeah, Babylon was produced by J Five. Let me let me just put this out there because he was uh, as we were creating the artwork and um, I was asking him, "How do you want your name displayed?" He's actually changing his name. I know the pain of having to change your name, so I want to try to give him a head start. <laughs> it's it's Simpson. So his old tags are J Five. You'll see me tag him as J Five, but. His producer name is no longer J5, it's Simpson. A little bit of backstory about him. He's the same producer that is responsible for Fool's Gold and, um, what was the other one? Fool's Gold and Star Search on, on oh, Highsbox. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we uh, collabed again and, um, yeah, we, we made it from scratch and, um, it's a banger. It, it moves, it bounces, and, um, it's really, it was a different, style of of song for me and um it was just me coming a little bit out of my shell out of my comfort zone and trying something that i haven't done before and it turned into a really dope song so as with the rest of these there's going to be you know a campaign around it and we're going to see how far we can push these records and just try to keep creating new content for you guys and you know try to stay as current as i can nope so, yo, before we, we wrap, um, I was actually going to ask this earlier. Like the the merch that you put out is fire. Oh, uh, man, I know thank the, you. I, I know the people now, which is dope. <laughs> also, um, that gym pack was crazy. That was yo, dope. man. The, that was dope. It's funny the gym pack. Uh, so the gym pack is for transitions. Um, I've been releasing merchandise for each uh, limited, exclusive merchandise for each song. So. The Light had three pieces, they sold out. Um, now Transitions has three pieces, but in 
transitions, I did a gym pack that represented like high school, middle school, yeah. having to get changed for gym yeah, and yeah, all this yeah. stuff. And um, yeah, I thought it was really cool how I can just use the songs to influence the merchandise and have it all tied back together. Yeah. So be on the lookout for Babylon's merch. It's going to be completely different from the other two. And I think it's going to be really dope. I think you guys are going to love it. That's dope. And uh, you, you, you changed the pricing on the, the products for, for transitions. Oh, shopping. yeah, man. All right. So, all right. So I told the story on my Instagram, but um, for those who didn't hear it. So for transitions, when I first put out the merch, it was the uh, NBA Jam T for $20. No, for $30. No, no. No, no, no. The gym pack was $30. The NBA Jam tee, long sleeve tee, was $40. And the embroidered Heisbox University crew neck was $50. So that's where I started off pricing them with. And, you know, they were moving, they were doing good, whatever. People buying them, people loving them. And one day I just found myself online looking at... um a sweatshirt from some random website and I was like man this sweatshirt's really nice whatever and I went to go put it in my cart and I realized it was $50 and I immediately like I immediately just thought off instinct I said $50 like I'm not buying that shit and then I kind of froze and I was like damn yo doing the same thing I was like I'm doing the same shit and I was like that's not right I, I can't do that so I hit up I hit up my merch guy and I said, yo, man, we have to change these prices, man, because it's, it's not right. You know, I, I just couldn't sit with the fact that I was trying to um, upsell on something that I wouldn't even purchase myself. So what we did was, if you're listening to this and you see some weird refund on your account, we gave you your money back because we felt it wasn't right. And we're not trying to, we want you guys to have the merch. We're not selling the merch for the money. We're selling the merch so that you can have it, you know? And um, unfortunately, it does cost money to make, so we have to at least you cover, know, the cost. cover the cost, but we want you guys to have the merch. So we changed the prices, and it was great because now, you know, that kid that just only had $50 to get the, um, the one shirt, uh, the one sweatshirt, now he can get the gym pack and the long sleeve tee right. for less than that, right. you know? So, um, it was it was a really good move, and I'm glad that um, I'm glad it worked out, and I feel so much better now because I feel like people are getting merchandise that is valued the right way, and now we can all enjoy it. We can rock it together, and it's no sweat. It's not like damn, you know, I couldn't get it because it was too expensive. Now you know it's good for everybody, and I want to keep it that way for yeah. everything else I release. I want to make sure it's it's something that everyone can purchase. Reasonable, you know? yeah. yeah, definitely. No. Alright, we got uh we got two of these bad boys knocked out now. Two podcasts. Yeah, man. That's this is crazy. This is dope. We should probably do more. I mean I'm down to do these whenever, you know. Yeah. I tell I tell Trav all the time because like now, because it doesn't have to be a thing like because there's a, a thing coming out or releasing. We could just set the mics up and chat shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To be honest, like, you know, everybody we're we're literally we're friends off off the grid, off the music shit, like we yeah. do friend shit. And these are conversations a lot of times that 
you know, somebody's getting really, really like heated or good, or maybe a debate or maybe just like a an epiphany or a great memory to share or something. Yeah. And we're like, fuck, man, how dope would that be if we recorded it? Yeah. And now, you know, with the the ease of being able to record everything, plus the fact that we all have, you know, a version of the same equipment because we all mm. literally do audio. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, we could do this anytime. We yeah. could do this anytime. Like I, I always enjoy just sitting there shooting the shit. Um, but definitely, everybody, check out Babylon. Uh, yes, that's please. Share it. Tell your friends. Tell your mother. Tell everyone in your family. Uh, I don't know why I specifically said your mom. Well, definitely tell you. <laughs> definitely tell your mother, though. Yeah, definitely tell your <laughs> just mom. Just tell your mom. Uh, yeah, and um, I, I just want to say I appreciate you guys for spreading, you know, the light and transitions the way that you have. Um, for transitions, you guys were picking up instruments and doing all types of things, making covers, playing along for the light. You guys were dancing, throwing on shades, sending me pictures of you staring at lights and stuff. Yo, those, those pictures were fire. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I'm curious to see what happens with uh, with Babylon. Like, I'm just like, I wonder what like what's going to come out of it. You know, I haven't thought of like a hashtag or anything yet, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. But um, I just want to say I appreciate all of you guys. I love you all. You guys know me. I'm, I'm, you know, pretty uh, transparent with how I feel about y'all. And um, as long as you guys keep supporting me, I'm going to keep making music. I'm going to keep doing what I love. And even if people don't support me, I'm still going to do what I love regardless. So That's fire. All right, folks. I'm, uh, I'm going to the gym because keys are swole. I got to catch up. Yo, Peace. <laughs> 25 years ago, way before I was the man with the clout I was in Pampers, hand in the mouth Way before fans, way before the groupies Way before the fam had their hands sticking out Mama had the four-door Ford, no man on board Four kids that would trample the house Weight on the back like camel amounts No food on the plate, so we Hannibal now Way before they would play me and they wouldn't pay for a CD I was handing them out Waiting on my ring while I wished them well Still wasn't seeing nothing but sand in a drought But now that the famine is gone Haters wanna see me standing alone Knowing I won't hit that that wall make the insides crawl, see the empire fall, they've been planning it wrong. This feel like Babylon. Royalty in my city, I might throw the camera on. Cause what I need in my life, I can't get a handle on. And everybody wanna talk, I just let them babble on. Uh, this feel like Babylon. Royalty in my city, I might throw the camera on. Cause what I need in my life, I can't get a handle on. And everybody wanna talk, I just let him babble on